This is Del Lowry with Retirement Talk. Episode 8, Tying the Past to the Present. Today's guest is Dick Smith. Road trips are part of Dick Smith's retirement. He and his wife, Linda Sutherland, sometimes jump in their small camper pickup and take off at a moment's notice. Now they read a lot of history and sometimes manage to tie the road trips, history, and personal experiences together. Age has a way of giving depth of interpretation to the times. A crowd was gathering up at the corner, so I went to see what was happening. The police were keeping the people back from Paul Ferry's house, but we kids peered through the cellar window to see the body of his wife. Her legs stuck out from under the woodpile where he had tried to hide her. The story was that he had asked her for a nickel to get a beer at the corner saloon. She refused, so he hit her with the axe. They found him next day, wandering around in the bush. I was ten years old, and the neighbor was an axe murderer. The violence continued. A schoolmate killed his grandma while cleaning his twenty-two rifle. Then the neighbor man died after falling down the cellar steps. I ran to bring the priest for him. Later, my high school, class of 43, marched off to war, and some did not return. My early exposure to violence was in tune with our Saturday movies. Gangster pictures alternated with cowboy movies, where American Indians were misrepresented as vicious savages. All Quiet on the Western Front was a sober relic of World War I. Most problems were resolved at the point of a gun. My wife Linda and I once drove our pickup camper to the site of the Mormon Massacre after reading a book about it. Mountain Meadows is a beautiful spot in southwest Utah where a wagon train was exterminated in 1850. The Mormons at first blamed it on the Indians and then on a few bad apples. Now there's an appropriate memorial that tells the sad story of premeditated violence by ordinary citizens. We turned northeast through the beautiful desert area and thought of the many immigrants who traveled those trails in the old days and of the Native Americans, now extinct, who had lived there for thousands of years. Old cowboy movies sometimes ended with the U.S. cavalry arriving to defeat the Indians. The motto of our genocide policy was, the only good Indian is a dead Indian. Mount Rushmore is overwhelming. The heads of Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt are called the spirit of democracy. But we agreed with a local resident who described the visitor center as a mausoleum. 
It reminded us of the work of Albert Speer at the great Nazi stadium at Nuremberg. The airport-like parking complex and the massive flag-draped visitor center seemed not very spiritual or democratic. A young visitor objected to a guide's glorification of the presidents. He was told that politics was not permitted in this area. Jefferson's stone lips seemed to tremble with rage. We much preferred the nearby memorial to Chief Crazy Horse. Only the head is complete. The rest of the carving may take a century or more to complete. The wooden buildings and gravel parking lot are warmer than the stone and concrete at Rushmore. There's an abundance of artwork by many Indian tribes. We rolled on to visit Custer's Last Stand at Little Bighorn. The Park Service in recent years has revised its description of that battle to include the previous massacre of Indians by Custer. We continued through the Bitterroot Mountains on the Lolo Trail to follow the Clearwater River, the route of Chief Joseph and his band of Indians fleeing from the soldiers that wanted to capture or kill them after the Whitman Massacre. Joseph survived the conflict and now lies in an honored grave at Nespelum, Washington. We continue the tradition of the old six-gun west where might makes right and violence is the universal memory. I thought the 9-11 attack was a crime committed by a relatively small group of wealthy religious zealots. With the approval of the world community, we could surely have brought them to justice without starting a war. What can I do? I hold a peace sign every Friday afternoon in front of our federal building. I also write a letter to the editor once a month, speak up against the war among friends. I do what I can to support Veterans for Peace and those courageous military people who refuse to fight in this latest example of idealistic violence. Dick Smith starts his road trips from Bellingham, Washington. This is Del Lowry with Retirement Talk. What to do with the rest of your life. Music for today's program performed by Linda Sutherland.